We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Backliners Podcast, Agro and Barracuda, as per usual. And this week, we've got a big land to talk about. Masters kind of got kicked off. We got to see some uh, some SCC and SPL violence, as we are all uh, a fan of. Um, we also got to see them play against each other in Smite. Um, mm-hmm. That is separate, of course. In Smite? <laughs> that is separate, of course, from the violence. Um, uh-huh. Barra, what? Oh, this is a terrible bit. I'm not. I was about to go. Ah, your name is still Evan Jones, man. It's still Evan Jones on the overlay. Ah, gross. Dude, I forgot. Okay, man. Wait, hold on. If I open this up, hmm. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Hold on one second here. We're gonna turn you off. We'll all wait for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna turn you off. Oh, okay. We could have kept you on. Uh, I'm gonna turn you back on as I'm changing this. I'm changing it. Live on the podcast, because as we all know, um, I won't do it otherwise. This uh, is a listening show. <laughs> this is a listening show. This is a podcast. Um, that's what this is. You listen to podcasts, typically. Uh, what do you think our default one is called? Um, I think it's this one. Yeah, I think what it's this one. Here? Yeah, uh, that's the one. We found it. Yes. It's John Salter again. John, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks so much for coming. Our usual yeah, guy, you, Evan Jones, isn't here. Um, yeah, I really appreciate that. There's a couple things we typically do on this podcast, uh, John. Mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost is tell all of our listeners uh, how to save money on their mobile plan by switching to Mint Mobile. <laughs> That's usual. <laughs> <laughs> is this a new record for timing on the on the Mint Mobile ad? Uh, yeah, we, okay. we, we normally tell everybody. Go ahead. This doesn't count as catching me off guard because it's never been this early. So that doesn't count. Well, that's part of catching you off guard, isn't it? Yeah, but now I'll be expecting it. That's what you, you think. My... That's what you think, Vera. I've got plenty of tricks left up my sleeve. Uh, that's right, everyone. Mint Mobile is the place to go if you want to save money on your wireless service. We talk, we talk about them all the time because we love them just so much. You can get premium wireless service for just 15 bucks a month. They cut out the middleman. They don't have any of those brick-and-mortar stores. Uh, It it is absolutely all that saving is passed on to you. You get to keep your own phone number, your own phone, your own stuff. But now you're on the nation's largest 5G network with excellent service. And Barracuda himself, top two seed in the summer phase of season nine of the SPL, is a mint mobile user. You know what, Barra? I think we should stop calling you a mint mobile user. I think we should start calling you a mint mobile abuser, you know? 
like whenever Osiris is is meta in the jungle or Erlong, right? No one uh-huh. says they're an Erlong player. They say they're an oh, Erlong abuser, yeah. you know, because yeah, it's yeah. so overpowered. Uh-huh. Mint Mobile, in a similar way, is so much better than the rest of the mobile game competition that you are now henceforth a Mint Mobile abuser. But I don't feel bad about it. Do you think that the junglers feel bad about abusing Erlong Shen? I think they do a little bit. I mean, you should, right? Like, he's been, like, you know, a character in the jungle for so long at this point. Mm-hmm. And he just he just won't leave. So I think they should feel bad about it. But I don't feel bad about saving so much money on my wireless Beal. Beal? Beal! Beal time! Damn. I'm not going to lie, I'm so hungry. My friend's oh, no. already fried, and so is yours, apparently. Yes, it is. we are in a mood today. I can tell. Uh, this is going to be a mood-filled podcast, and those are always good. Nothing ever gets That's said good. that is weird or uh, strange in any way. Um, and yeah, because we get to talk about a bunch of uh, SEC teams and the Scarabs, which is always a fun topic. Yes, the Scarabs have been a topic on the show quite a bit this year haven't they i imagine we're gonna have some takes uh we're gonna have some thoughts we're gonna have some words to say about all of them but that's all after i tell you uh how to get your mid mobile plan this is all part of the mid mobile ad for the record uh to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped straight to your door for free go to mintmobile.com slash backliners that's mintmobile.com slash backliners cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash backliners all right now that we uh have surprised Barracuda this week, uh, as we usually do. Um, let's talk a little bit about these Smite Masters. And let me go on the offensive right away here, Barrett, because I got oh. a lot of tweets after this uh, loser's bracket run, if you could call it that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That sinks to me. I know. You're a, you're a pot stirrer. Um, you well, stirred the pot. I mean, it's basically just your pot. And it's stirred. Let me tell you, it's been uh, stirring I, this whole I time. Stay in your pot. You've been in my. You haven't left my pot in years at this point. Since, you, since you're the set first up. episode of the podcast, I've been living in your pot. You, you, you're like, <laughs> you know, when something, when like you leave something in the pot for too long, and then it like uh-huh. atta- it adheres to the side, and you're like, oh, surely I can just like. Uh, yeah. leave it soaking in some water and then uh, it'll scrape off. I can't scrape you out of the pot. You know, you're stuck. It's there. like it's like tomato sauce on like Tupperware, right? Mm, like, yeah. Or like coffee stained never... mug, you know? Like oh, a coffee yeah. stained mug. Yeah, exactly. That's There's uh, nothing you can do about me. I'm in your pot forever. Yeah, you're, you're just you're you're permanently in my pot. Okay, so look. So start your rant. Start your rant. Yeah, so look, okay? <laughs> I, what what stirs my pot the most in this instance, okay? What's really got the velocity on the turns happening inside my pot is I'm not, I've never once said for a thing like Smite Masters that double elim is bad. It's fine. You can have every double elim tournament you want in the spring and summer in early fall. That's fine. I don't really care that much. It's not as big of a deal. You know, you can get more teams involved. You know, you can have things like these two-week tournaments and and have it be uh, feasible on the production end and for the players and all that kind of stuff. And and doing two-week tournaments like this, I think, is really, really cool. Um, And I'm a huge fan. And so Double Elim makes a ton of sense in instances like this. 
What I'm saying is that when it comes to the world championships, at some point, it needs to go to single elimination. All the qualifiers up to it can be double elim. If you want to make the argument that you need double elim in order to guarantee that the best teams make it, sure. Though, I think that in the argument for double elim, a lot of it is that, you know, you want more excitement. And inherently, if you're just guaranteeing all the best teams win all the time, you're going to get a lot of what we saw this week, which is better teams beating up on lower end teams. But I digress. At some point, you have got to make it single elim so that the stakes are there. At some point, it has to be that way. Because in MOBAs, you can't bracket reset. That is the only way that double yeah, elim you, works. I watched a ton of EVO can't. this weekend. It was awesome. I was loving every second of it. I watched Void and Nakat reset the bracket in multiverses. They went 6-0 in the finals. Uh, it was awesome. We can't bracket reset a MOBA. Uh, and so therefore, there's n- and in my opinion, there's no advantage that is interesting and fair besides a bracket reset that can justify a team getting to finals and out of a loser's bracket and having a chance to just win three games and win the world championship. That's that's why it doesn't work, I don't think. Well, Dota just has their loser's bracket finals the morning of the finals. And then it's just a straight up finals? Yep. Okay, so Barra, let's Which say... Which is a pretty big benefit to the person sitting in the finals already because you get to watch all of them play and they're going to be tired from their first set playing your set yeah but you won't you won't be that tired right like what what do you mean what do you mean you're not going to be that tired what do they make them wake up at five in the morning and then wait until seven p.m. They can't sleep. They've got you know they've got a security guard on them. Barry, that is that is maximum adrenaline, right? Like surely you can get like, I look, I get it. Playing and I do think for the record that every person who has not competed, um, and and even at my level of competition, my level of competition when I played was was lower and wouldn't be as taxing as a best of five on the world's final stage. And I recognize that and respect it. That being said, I just think, I can't imagine if I were a team, you know, if I'm with you on the bolts, you know, Venenu uh, has decided to um, go off to space uh, because he's a genius space engineer in this example that I'm coming up with. Um, and you've asked me to fill in for the mid lane. And, uh, and I have absorbed Venenu's powers by, like, taking pictures like him or something like that. And that has granted me his powers. Um, and I'm sick at mid now. And we go to the World Finals, okay? And we, may, and we crush everyone on the way through, right? We, just, we demolish. And we're waiting in the finals. And a team that we beat earlier in the bracket plays that morning and then plays us in the early evening and beats us. In five games, we go all five, we lose 3-2. You're telling me that you're going to feel like, oh, well, we beat them once, but they did have to play earlier today. That would feel fair to you? That was a long story for I lost you, didn't point. I? I? I lost you uh, at some point. I mean, I feel like the better team wins, and they should already be tired, and we should be so much more... Better if the better team wins, they then, then, they, then they shouldn't have lost in the first place, right? If the better team wins, then you don't need double elim. What? What? <laughs> what do you mean? You can't just... The better team can win on different days, bro. 
What? You look at Hex Mambo. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, go on. I'm waiting for you. I'm I'm allowing you to I'm seeding the the zone for you here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Look at Hex Mambo. I'm looking. <laughs> Barrett's face Barrett's face was of legitimate confusion right there. That was that is so funny. They Dude, were so bad. Uh-huh. And all, Barrett, okay, all I'm forget my forget my analogy where I've absorbed Ven's powers. Let's sim, let's 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 simplify it a little bit. You beat a team, uh-huh. you crush them. 3-0 in a, in the quarterfinals or whatever. They make a run through the losers bracket. And they beat you in the finals 3-2. And let's say you threw all three games, you know, whatever. Would you feel like the advantage you gained was enough in that instance? I don't think you would. I mean, I would be a salty loser, but I would accept the way the bracket is. (laughs) But isn't isn't that the same as being salty that you lost in the semifinals when you feel like you shouldn't have, but you just have to accept that that's the way the bracket is? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, of course, I just lost the finals at Worlds. I'm not going to be like, this gosh darn bracket. I'm going to be like, yeah, we lost. Like, yeah. who's going to lose Worlds and be like, if this bracket was only in my favor? Like, after a double elim tourney. Right. Hello? <laughs> Are you trolling? No, That. but what I'm saying is... I would be so mad that I lost Worlds Finals. I wouldn't be mad about the bracket, bro. Are you trolling? <laughs> But then why do we need to change the world's bracket? Because Double Elim is so much better in every way. It builds so much more hype through loser bracket tourneys. You get to watch your favorite players play so much more. And I think everyone in Smite can agree this past Worlds was the worst Worlds we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it, that Double Elim would have... If you got to watch Dragons play or any other team that Leviathan's 3-0 that whole land, if you got to watch your favorite team play more fans would have been more invested in leviathan stomping every single team i don't know i don't know how true that is i think that they would have thought it was even more boring i don't know let's say that let's say the leviathans do exactly like continue to stomp they never they they drop the one game all tournament or whatever Uh that's it you don't think that it would have like everyone would have been like oh my god it's so one-sided like it's so boring i think that's what people would have said Look at Bruh. look at this look at this this last week Barra, of Masters. I've seen a lot of complaints that it was just SPL teams beating up on SEC teams, and that it was you know they felt like they were wasting their time. Of course, I don't agree with that thought, but that I did see a lot of that online. Isn't that exactly what we're talking about? I mean, I think that the SEC teams should have more of a chance to play, so they can get better. And that was my point earlier with Hex Mambo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they clearly look better. literally grow from set to set and end up beating the Scarabs. Yes, but we also saw how many just two, you know, that was the how many two ones did we even see on the on the whole week. We saw two three-game sets the whole week. I mean, um, yeah, but your argument is like SPL to SEC. My argument is making the whole tournament double ELIM. I feel like we're talking about two different things. In a way, yes, but I just think that at the end of the day, when you get down, like, qualifying to Worlds, I agree, should be double elim. You know, we should be sure, we should give the best teams every opportunity 
to compete for the world championship because theoretically we want the best team to win worlds every year. But at some point, I think it just has to be single Elim because there can't be a big enough advantage in the, in the finals. Um, that feels, that feels fair and interesting. I think watching the team play a full set before you play is such an enormous advantage. You think one extra set is, is that much of an advantage? On the same day you're playing, it is a huge advantage. That is so much mental fatigue. Like, if their set goes all five games, and they have to play another set, like, an hour or two later, I don't know how Dota does it exactly, mm -hmm. but if they have to play another set an hour or two later, they will be tired. And yeah. you will be so much more prepared for them. Like, I, I would honestly, back to your point, I would feel embarrassed if we lost. Mm. Like, I would feel embarrassed that we had such a big advantage and lost. Interesting. You th you think that, how, like, if you had to compare it to a bracket reset, where you basically have two chances to win three yeah, you games you can never first. do a bracket reset in MOBAs. I'm, I would never argue for a bracket reset. Or, I don't even think you can do, like, a one-game advantage. But honestly, like, maybe you can do a one-game advantage or something, because if Dota makes them play two sets in one day, two large sets in one day. I don't know. Like, a one-game advantage, like, you have to win three three games, they have to win four games. I feel like that's also a way to do it. Yeah, but even from uh, the other perspective, like, if you're saying it's such an advantage that you would feel like you'd be embarrassed to lose, doesn't that mean that it's a higher chance that the, the big game, the fi the grand finals, is more of a blowout, more stompy, than, than and it loses some hype because the other team is going to be? If the advantage it really is that big, wouldn't it potentially lead to a lot more uninteresting grand finals games? I think like four out of ten of the teams that have won have been from the uh, loser bracket in Dota. Four of ten? That's interesting. I mean, I don't, I don't know the exact numbers, but I feel like as a competitor and as a fan, I think it's so much better to do a double elim. Yeah, I, look, like I mean, we're I think we're just gonna have to agree to disagree here because I'm not again. I'm I want to be clear. I'm not saying double elim is bad and that single elim is always better. And I and I understand that, especially as a player, it's it's better to always have as many chances as possible. But I I just feel very strongly that once you get to once you get to a certain point in the in the tournament, it's do or die time. And I think that that. As a, it just it just means that like a significant portion of your games, the winner side games, just hold less weight. They still hold weight. I'm not uh, you know obviously they do, but the semi you know winner semis versus semifinal win to go to the finals, lose to go home, like that is so intense and so fun, and you get two of those, whereas. In winner side, loser side, like advance, but have an uphill climb, you know, like all that kind of stuff. I just think it's so much cleaner. It's more like traditional sports, which is usually good for non-endemic viewers. And there's a lot of non-endemic viewers during, uh, during world championship time. You know, you want to cater to those players or to those viewers who haven't seen your esport before or anything like that. So it just makes it a little bit easier to understand. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just big on double elim to qualify Single elim once you get to quarterfinals on.
See, for me, the double elim to qualify, like, from being, like, one of the top teams right now, the double elim to qualify doesn't do anything. But I think for the bottom teams, having another opportunity does a lot. And being able to play more does a lot. And I think, I mean, I don't know. I Like, like you said, agree or disagree. I think it's just the better tournament style for fans and players. Sure. Fair enough. Well, let's talk about the specific team that kind of got this whole thing started, which is Hex Mambo and their result up against the Solar Scarabs. Um, this one was uh, was a bit crazy. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously everyone has seen the, the clips on Twitter uh, of Deathwalker, who, by my est I, I really think, I tweeted about it right afterwards, that has got to be the single greatest play in Smite competitive history if you don't include stakes like obviously anything in a world championship final or semi-final is going to outdo it but when it comes to like how much impact one person had in one short burst and and also like how apparent it was to the average viewer which is like a really big part of making a top play happen i think um like i don't think i i can't i can't fathom something that's as good as as Deathwalker's five-man tier alt into three-man fearless. Like, that was absolutely nuts. Yeah, I think there might have been plays on that caliber throughout the years, but with my memory being as bad as it currently <laughs> is, yeah, I won't be able to think of any. Okay, um, that'll do. Unfortunately, but I, I do agree. I, I mean, that's definitely like S-tier play for sure. 100% S-tier play. I remember adapting had a five-man Thor dunk in an SCC game, I think. Uh, and I don't think I'd ever seen that before. Um, it was literally in, the, in mid lane too. They were like walking up after like adapting team was trying to siege and then they got like pushed back and he hit literally a five man Thordunk, which was like absolutely insane. Um, was that an SPL game? All right. Fair enough. Thanks, Ru. Uh, yeah, it, it was, I knew it was either an SPL or SEC game, but regular season, um, that was, that was definitely up there, but. I don't know. Tier alt is also just awesome. Like, t I, I love the visual of tier alt, and it's so satisfying to hit that I, uh, I I'm definitely a little a little biased towards it. But an, an absolutely crazy play. But it's not like that was the only way uh, that you know. That's not the only thing that happened for Hex Mambo um, mm -hmm. in this set. When you were when you watched it, Barra, like, what were some of the the immediate thoughts that you had? Oh, for the set or the play? Uh, the set. Yeah, let's go. Let's go with the set. Um, well, I thought D Dub was trolling a bit, because uh, he missed like three blink fearlesses in a row, and yep. I was like, okay, we gotta, we gotta start stepping it up. And they got fire, and he made a really good play on a phoenix. So I was like, okay, D Dub, like we just transfer that like energy into the firefights. Like we'll be doing good. And then like a few minutes later, he does that play. And I, I also think Scarabs overall in that set just were not playing great. Like, I think they were really caught off guard by Hex Mambo, and I think that they were kind of just panicking. And yeah. just not playing up to par, which is kind of weird. Because I, I mean, I keep, I mean, we keep coming back to it, but I feel like Scarabs were a really good team. And they keep having, like, moments of brilliance. And then on the, like, 
Valks have been on the up and up for the last like two or three weeks. Yeah, they've been looking really and good. And then Scarabs have just lost all of their like momentum. Mm-hmm. Like, do you and... think that that's like like you know obviously taking the the roster change into consideration here? Is it still worse than you thought it would be? Um, at this point for for the Scarabs, like post roster change. Yeah, it kind of seemed like Sam's back was breaking during that set. Like, I feel like he was having to carry so much weight, and he just wasn't getting all out of it. It was like Sam and Scary, in my opinion, were, like, by far the MVPs for Bugs, and they just weren't, like, I don't know. I The other members, the other three members, in my opinion, were just dropping the ball, like, Stu is an ADC that normally does not get soloed, and he's just playing so disrespectfully into E-Chrome, mm-hmm. who, in my opinion, like, turned up a lot, like, in he, that set. He has been a very good player for a long time um, in the mm-hmm. USCC. I've always thought E-Chrome was legit. Yeah, and he didn't play too well at the beginning, and I was, like, uh, I was kind of harsh on him at the beginning, but... His his hind plays are clean. Like Dude, he is one of the best times I've ever seen. Yeah, he that like I don't uh, look. It's the podcast. So I'm not casting anymore. We can call a spade a spade. I, I did not do a great job over the last few years of really honing in on like SEC teams and players. Mm. Um, really, just like outside of the casts. Like I would be active and attentive and all that kind of stuff during the actual games, but. I was not going out of my way to do a whole lot of research um, outside uh, of that uh, the, last year, especially. Um, Echrome, I, re- I recall, uh, Heimdall was like a top pick, top ban in EUSCC last year. And a lot of it was because Echrome was just like, it just felt like an auto win whenever he got mm-hmm. it. Uh, he, he like, that happens a lot in EUSCC in particular, but also NASCC where like, a player becomes so dominant on a pick that everyone else starts to play it so that they can not have to ban it. Um, or it just becomes banned uh, against a lot of teams, uh, even outside of the the one guy. Um, and, and Heimdall was like a, a high ban rate character, even when he wasn't that good in SPL last year because Ekrom was like so nasty on it. Uh, so yeah, he, he's always been insane on that god. Yeah, someone was telling me in my chat that he plays like six hours of Heim ranked a day. That is absolute. <laughs> I don't know behavior. if that's actually serious or not. But, <laughs> I mean, his high mechs are better than like most like SPL pros. Yeah. Like what he was doing with the character, just like I think that that's also what caught Stu off guard several times. But I mean, you just got to respect it at some point, and like especially game three, I kind of felt bad for Stu being in that matchup. Uh, Heim and a Chernobog when he has a disco passive, you yeah. literally can't do anything. Like, he just cooks you. Like, he auto-attacks you for, like, 170 once he finishes trans, and there's nothing you can do about it. Like, you just tank the auto-attacks. Yeah, I'm looking and... at the bans for game three, because the Bugs picked Churn top two. Uh, Hex Mambo top picked Discordia. Um, and Disco is a god... He Here's just, like, my inherit maybe it's inherent um bias uh maybe it's incorrect um but i really feel like i can look at a draft and tell what level of smite the team is at um as long as i feel like i have a good understanding of the meta 
I look at first pick Discordia and I think like, oh, this is a, a, strat, a draft that we should be able to exploit. Like if you, if a team is first picking Disco, chances are you can hard win that draft. Not because Disco is mm-hmm. bad, but because it's a, it's a pass priority pick. Um, you know, it's the famous top picking Jingwei, which is one of my least favorite things of all time. Um, it's basically that, but worse in my opinion. Because uh, she has actual bad matchups, whereas Jingwei typically doesn't. So, if you're get if you're like losing a draft when the team who gets significantly less practice than you, by the way, <laughs> is top picking Disco, uh, that is a that is a bad sign, um, in my opinion. Like even before we get, you know, I'm literally just looking at game three's draft, and I'm literally just screenshot on halfway done. Going, you know, they top pick Disco, Scarabs go Arthur Chernabog, and then Hex Mambo go Tier Heimdall. If that's a matchup that's really that bad, and you know he's going to pick Heimdall if you've done any amount of homework, uh, just go something that's a better, like, y- you need to give Ch- Stu the, the keys to a better car I mean, in that situation, Ch- you know? Churn's just in a weird spot right now of being like a really strong hunter that can rotate to all the solo side fights, but um, I don't think SEC like really plays that way. They kind of just jam their dents and play really aggressively. Right. Um, so, I mean, it is a little like hindsighty to say, like, just give them the better matchup, but I don't think they thought that they were going to get absolutely blown out in the first 10 minutes. Um, and that he was going to be able to do 10 K in 10 minutes. Like (laughs) it's, it's so hard to call that beforehand when Stu's probably like, I can just pick churn here. I'll just AFK for a bit. I'll come online. And then like 10 minutes of the game, he's like, Oh, this is the game state I'm in given right now. Like this is what, this is the cards that I've been dealt. Like you can't really do anything as ADC in that spot where, I mean, the argument for me, would have been just, like, ban the Heim. Right. I don't know what else they banned, but... I was just about to take a look at that. Um, they banned... I'm scrolling. All right, they banned uh, Hunbats, Baba Yaga, Kepri. Top three. Okay. Okay, never, never mind. They, they, they deserve to lose that draft. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's what I mean, man. I mean, you just gotta, <laughs> okay, like... They- they hardcore trolled their base. This draft is not is not looking very good. And I really like like Sam yeah. goes last pick rat, and I actually really like it into Hex Mambo's comp, especially because it feels like they realized, oh, we need someone who can just like brawl and like set up you know, set up these fights and be ready for these pre ten minute fights. But pers- uh, personally I, I hate, I, I want to play Merlin in metas where I can AFK farm to like level 17 and then I'm down mm-hmm. to fight. I hate playing Merlin in early game scrap fights. Uh, I just think his early game feels so underwhelming. Whereas Disco, I love in those types of fights. So, you know, Hex Mambo drafted really well. And look, th- this discussion is inherently going to be a little negative about the Scarabs. Um, I don't want to take credit away from Hex Mambo. I thought they played really well. I thought they drafted really well. They can do both of those things. That is not enough to beat a team uh, that is that should be 
that, that can play to the level that the Scarabs can play, that we've seen them play mm-hmm. before. It's uh, just because you draft well and you play well doesn't mean you deserve to win. Um, and the same can be true on the opposite. You know, like just being an SPL team doesn't mean you deserve to win um, and, and all that kind of stuff. So I know there's always a lot of discussion around, you know, was it a choke? Was it a win, you know, for the SEC team? Did the SPL team choke it? The answer is literally always both. Um, and I just think it's more interesting from a content creation perspective to focus on the team that we A, know more about, and B, our fans know more about uh, in this scenario. You know, maybe and it would it would be interesting to do uh, uh, an episode, you know, breaking down what Hex Mambo does really well and all that kind of stuff. And we, we can do something like that in the future. But I just think that I can just see foresee the comments about, let's give credit to the SCC team and not crap on the SPL team. And it's like, well... We're kind of here to crap on the SPL team a little bit. At least I am, because uh, yeah. you know, that's what you got to do. I mean, it's definitely like a mix of both. I mean, uh, I want to say real quick, Benny Q's right in chat. He said, surely it's someone playing bad slash poor trading if he's done 10k damage in 10 minutes as well. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, he should never be able to get even close to those numbers. And the fact that he did means, for some reason, Scarabs just keep running into a Disco Passive Heim and like... Let's fight where the disco passive is. Like mm-hmm. that seems like a great idea, especially you know when we have a turnabout that wants to scale and rotate. Like why do we keep fighting into the Heim? That's like one of the hardest ACs to gank. Like it's just it just doesn't make sense. But I think that comes back to Scarabs, in my opinion, panicking a bit. Mm-hmm. Like once you drop a game to an SCC team. I think the mentals of a lot of SPL teams start shaking mm-hmm. a little bit. And I think a lot of mentals would have been shaken. I think it was like day one. Um, where like every set except for ours was like a blowout. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think I said that backwards. Our set was a blowout and every other set was like kind of close. Sure. And I-, I think that day, if those SPL teams started dropping games, I think Kings even looked close to dropping a game. They did. Uh, game one. I was, dude, oh, can you imagine if they would have lost, like, number one seed come in to a tournament again and have a poor performance again, and, and, you know, maybe they'll come out and kill it next week, or this week coming up, maybe they'll come out and stink, Um, but either way, uh, I'm I'm very interested in what the Kings are going to look like, but sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, you're good. Yeah, I just think that a lot of SPL teams' mental would have been really weak if they had started dropping a few of those games, which, in my opinion, easily could have been dropped. And Scarabs, being the first team to drop a game, as well as being one of the... I mean, the only team in spring to lose to another SEC team, and then in summer, you're losing to another SEC team. Yeah. Like, at some point... Like... (laughs) You, I don't know. I don't know if it's like you got to have that one team talk or you need to just figure out, okay, we got to reset from like ground zero, but... Something's I mean, got to change, Barry. Let's just say it, right? I mean, look, well, they I mean, made, I, I a change just you, happened but, to them, right? And that is yeah, a big deal. Say. It's yeah. a big deal. And look, maybe in the history of recent SPL, you know, maybe back in the day there were teams that were uh, in positions like this a little bit more. But in modern day SPL, 
No team has relied on a player like the Scarabs or relied on Scream. I do not think that that is a secret uh, or anything like that. You know, Scream did, did everything. Um, and that isn't to take credit away from the Scarabs. I think it's to highlight that this team was not prepared to lose Scream. Um, oh, yeah, 100%. And there, you know, it is... And, like, it, I think Sam has played really well, given the circumstances. Um, they have actually looked better than I thought. And that includes, you know, maybe not includes this loss, but, like, I thought they looked better than I thought than I thought they would during the end of the phase. Um, I expected this team to look completely uh, different from how they did before. And I thought that they did a pretty good job of, like, looking l- close to it but not quite there. I don't think you can blame this loss on this roster change because it happened in spring. Sure. Yeah. You know, if, if they had won in spring, if even if it was close in spring, and then they come here and they have this loss, I think we can write it off to losing, you know, losing Scream, new jungler, new, new dynamic on the team, all that kind of stuff. I just can't buy that when this happened to them in spring. In basically the exact same way. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I completely agree with what you said. I think that as soon as you drop a game to an SEC team, and especially in the situation where this happened to you in spring, you get the, oh no, it's happening again feeling. Um, What? I get that, but like, you, you have to be able to win those games. You know, you have to be able to win those games when you're... You can't get rattled from that. What's going to happen when they go down 0-2 in uh, the loser side quarterfinals at the World Championship or whatever? That's a meme for the record. I don't know anything about the format. Um, are they gonna? Are their mentals going to boom then? I will say losing to an SEC team feels way worse than losing to an SPL team. Does it feel like, way worse than like getting up for for worlds and feeling really good about your chances and then getting absolutely slammed in 21 minutes back to back games? Does that happen to me? No, I just well maybe oh. I just think that like <laughs> I just think it can't feel that much worse because the the pressure is so much. It's a different type of pressure, but it's still high pressure. Like yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with your point at all. Yeah, um, I, I just think that uh, there's no way that I would have any confidence this team could make a comeback at the World Championships. Mm-hmm. with the way so that they play this year in high, in high pressure situations like maybe it was just saw it at worlds i mean he, I mean, was, he didn't have he like, was doing a lot in, he was doing maybe the most i've ever seen one single player do at a world championship i guess besides like paul uh yeah. he was doing more as a solo laner in that world championship as much or more than variety did season three mm-hmm. like it was variety season three level performance from sot at worlds and the game gets a lot easier whenever your player's doing that, you know? Like, when yeah, you when have that kind of space, you can't around. mess up. So Yeah, it was, like, mid-game, like, in the teens, and he was just rotating around, like, having so much control. I mean, to your point, I think it's... Yeah, someone in chat actually just said it. Um, uh, something about the Stuart-Bobby-Baronic core needs to change. Mm-hmm. Like I was literally gonna say that like right when he typed in chat. I I don't know what exactly it is. Um, I mean Stu has looked really good 
uh, I think Stu had a pretty lackluster performance. Yeah. Which is kind of an unlucky timing to have a lackluster performance. Um, unlucky twice in a row, you know, in in the tournaments. Yeah. Don't not saying not saying that it's what, for that Stu specifically. You know, it's just like for the whole team. Yeah. I I just think that Valks found win cons and found what they needed to do as a team and how to draft as a team. And I feel like Bugs are kind of just taking like Valks's like like crown from them, I guess. Like mm-hmm. Valks found their way to what to do and Scarab's completely lost it in my opinion. I just think something about their team. I don't even know what it is exactly. Like, I mean, once you said their bands, like, their bands are pretty bad. I think that's pretty bad prep. Yeah. And their top two for how SCT teams play, in my opinion, is also bad prep. Like, I don't think you should be valuing, like, late game carries against SEC teams. You mm-hmm. just need to, like, you just get muddy with them. Like, that's just how the games are. Yep. And, like, trying to play SPL style into SEC does not work because SEC, like, even in EU, like, their laners are just aggressive. Like, Coast is aggressive. Like, Ekrom's aggressive. Like, they might be playing, like, semi scaling picks. Like, Heim, in my opinion, is kind of a scaling pick, but also has, like, an insane early game as well. Mm -hmm. And you just, I don't know. Like, I just feel like Stu is so much better than putting him... I mean, I do agree with your point, like, putting him on Chernabog, but putting him on Chernabog, knowing that there's a Discordia first pick, it just seems like, okay, we're probably forfeiting one of our side lanes here, and mm-hmm. if it's the Chernabog lane, good luck over there, but, I mean, a lot of this is hindsight, like... Oh yeah, you guys should have known that Ekrom is going to take over the game with Disco Passive because normally Soul Laners have Disco Passive a fair bit in the early mid game. Yeah, but and for a Heim to get it, I, I don't know. It is okay. It is hindsight, but it also like isn't that hard to. I have not watched a single Hex Mambo, and this includes earlier in the week. I did not watch Hex Mambo's earlier match. Mm-hmm. May the Disco surprises me a tiny bit. Every single one of these other picks is a constant pick of their players. Constant. Like, Deathwalker plays tier all the time. Ikron, we've already talked about his Heimdall. Loki, for Johnny, like, it got banned all last year from him. And Rotwin plays a ton of Ganesh. It only takes a little bit of odd review to, to figure these things out. And it's also, like, even if you are, thi- like, even playstyle, you know, you don't have to know that Deathwalker is going to pick tier. But you have to know that he's not going to pick something to fight you in lane. He's going to try and hard shove and rotate to fights. That's what every single one of his gods does. It's like Amaterasu, Tyr. These gods that are going to shove you out of lane and roam. Like, we can think about that ahead of time and plan accordingly. Um, And then, of course, you have to be able to just mid-draft. But, like, this this is like exactly what I would expect Tex Mambo to pick. And again, I understand it's hindsight. I get all that. But a good team is going to be able to predict a draft like nine out of ten picks. You know, they're going to they're gonna be able to guess every ban, every pick. If one god surprises you, then that can change the entire game. Um, and I just don't see anything that would surprise me here from Hex Mambo. 
Yeah, I agree. It's like basically you know what they're gonna blind pick and you're giving them the opportunity to blind pick and you're like, How'd they get this draft? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What what happened here? And I I just think I don't know, actually. Like I feel like I can't say anything new that we haven't already said at this point about like what happened to Scarabs in spring. Right. Cause I don't know. I, like, I genuinely don't know what, like, I don't want to give them a way out. Sure. But it's just, like, they did requalify for SPL, obviously. Yeah. Um, So they do deserve the spot, but they're just, like, this whole year, I think, even in, like, spring and summer, like, during the phases, I think they, like, I think the only team they beat in spring was Valks. Yeah. Valks is, like, a brand new team to SPL, so, and, like... I don't know at this point. Uh, I don't know. Hey, uh, I'm with you. I hear you. I really do. I actually do have something new. Um, it's a new ad read from Factor because it's like changing seasons, um, you know, and that's like how they usually do it. Like companies usually change their ad copy depending on what's going on in the real world chat. Um, so like in this instance, Factor, they've been talking so much about getting your summer bod locked in, but now they're talking about how when summer starts to wind down, Fall can get a bit chaotic, which is really true uh, when you think about it. But Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery makes it easy to stay on top of a busy schedule while sticking to my goals. Factor is the perfect meal solution for on-the-go lifestyle, whether it's a quick lunch at my desk between meetings, which is uh, here, um, or a fully prepared dinner that I didn't have time to shop for, prep, or clean up after... Oh. Dude, Factor just reminded me that I have dishes to do after the podcast, uh, man. Yeah, same, same, uh, same. Our if I would have cool. just had a Factor meal, I wouldn't have any dishes to do after this podcast. They would have had me covered for weeks when free time just isn't a thing. In all honesty, uh, Joe is going back to school this week. You know, she's she's starting back up at school. And, uh, and I was like, man, we got to get some more Factor meals for her to be able to take to school with her because that would... Uh, that would be really good for her. Um, no troll. These things are absolutely delicious. They are absolutely the best prepared meals that, that I've ever tried. They've got a ton of really good healthy options. Uh, you can custom, you know, you can, you can find something that fits your diet and, and what you want to be doing. Um, and you don't feel like you're sacrificing on, on taste or, or whatever you really want to eat. So highly, highly recommend factor meals. And, just when you thought, chat, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, because we've been giving you $120 off at Factor. Listen to this. <clears throat> Listen to this. It says word for word read, so I got to do that, but keep your ears peeled for the difference here, okay? Head to go.factor75.com slash backliners130 and use code oh. backliners130 to get $130 off across six boxes. That's code backliners130 at go.factor75.com slash backliners130 for $130 off. Goodness. It also says here, this is in the word for word read part, so I have to read it. Um, single Elim is better at the world champ. I don't know. Uh, it cuts off after that, but I don't know. I'll, I'll make sure Aaron's clearing that. Uh, next yeah. Time there. Sorry that made it in. Knowing knowing factor, I don't think they would ever put that in their ad read because they have 
brains that work. Mm, no, actually, they have taste is what you're looking for, Barra, and uh, mm-hmm. their their taste is good. And they have both. They well, yeah, they've got brains that that work good. Of course, uh, we can't we can't forget about that. <laughs> Back again, go.factor75.com slash backliners130. $130 off. It's a great deal. Uh, The product's amazing. Please try it out. Uh, Best way to support the show, of course, is by helping out with our Support the show and yourself. And yourself. Support yourself. And your sink. And your sink. Don't do those dishes, dude. Dishes are the worst. Like, Mm -hmm. no one likes dishes. Uh, Actually, that's not true. hands get all slimy. No, that's, that's, that's true. No, I've definitely talked to people that are like, I really like doing dishes. I have realized that I like Yeah, those people like singling them. (laughs) No, because dishes stink. Uh, I do like, like, I had some friends over this weekend, and, you know, we're having some drinks. We're, like, ordering some food. It's a little bit of a mess. Uh, It feels really good to clean up after you have, like, a bunch of people over. And there's, like, you know, cups everywhere and just, like food bags or you know it's like plates. a cleansing it feels vi- like that one because it's so chaotic and so messy and then you like it's really not that hard typically uh it just like takes like a few minutes of you know maybe taking the trash out and putting a new bag and like grabbing all that and it just looks so much better afterwards i do that is the the cleaning that i like the most i will say what's your favorite clean Barra? the favorite thing okay i don't like the way i asked that um what is what no there, okay there is actually no good way to ask this i've decided um so what is your favorite cleaning activity uh is, is what i'm gonna is what i'm gonna go with in this instance go ahead favorite cleaning activity yeah favorite thing to clean um this is a good question this isn't even the random question, question of the week yeah this is uh this is, hmm okay yeah, I might need like a minute to think on this, honestly. Yeah, okay. This is okay, this is actually Okay. No, it, my it, wife it, said she noted together. it. No, I was hoping she wouldn't Wait, be can listening. I... No, that's the worst. Yeah, yeah, both of us got roasted. Uh I have to do the dishes and you have to do the dishes. Yeah, so. I know. I know. Yeah, so I got caught and you got caught. Um Unlucky. It's one thing I really like doing, but the TV has to be on, okay, mm. for this. Mm-hmm. I have to be watching a show that I semi-enjoy, mm-hmm. and it has to be semi-enjoy, it can be completely enjoy, and it can be completely disinterested. Mm-hmm. Um, it's folding clothes. Oh. And I like folding towels the most, um, but I, I, if I'm doing it without a TV show or without anything, like, going in my ears, it's, it's terrible. But Interesting. If I'm if I'm folding clothes while watching a TV show, it's so easy. It breezes by. I enjoy the show. I enjoy mm-hmm. like moving, folding the clothes, and so okay. Sometimes I really enjoy emptying the dishwasher. I rarely ever enjoy actually doing the dishes, but emptying emptying the dishwasher is something I do enjoy. Hmm. It does feel good when the dishwasher is empty. It doesn't yeah, it take- does. Good that long but i because you can just like pop open or pop in like your semi-dirty dishes like your cups yeah and that feels so good like you don't have to wash them or anything you just throw them in there yeah and then you've but then you've got to empty them later do your cups my cups never get fully dry in the in the dishwasher we have to put them on like a drying rack or hand dry them before we put them away you know 
They never get fully dry in a dishwasher? No, like, they they come, like, there's, you know, puddles of water on top of them, or... Um, oh, yeah. Wait, do you have, like, a heating, drying thing? Uh, like I think so, yeah. Yeah. They sh- that should be drying it. I know, uh, it's only our is, cups. What I do is I just open the dishwasher and just leave it open for, like, an hour or two. Yeah, Joe does that, too. But they still, they still don't feel like dry and i don't look i am not trying to pull something out of the dishwasher and wipe it clean with a towel and or like dry it off with a towel like i'm not doing that i'm gonna put i'm gonna put them in the drying rack and then i'll do it later you know that's uh that's for me um yeah any okay we did get a little sidetracked there and i don't know whose fault that is definitely not mine um any uh any closing thoughts on the scarabs let's let's do Let's do the spice corner, Barra. I'm going to, you know oh, what? No. We were on the hot seat a little bit. We were tossing out hot takes. And, then we, turned, this, and then we turned it down all the way. And now I'm cranking it up to 11, all right? True or false? Oh, no. Here the Scarabs will open phase three with the exact same roster that they played in Masters with. True. True. You think they will not make a change before the beginning of phase three? Yeah. Well, hmm. in my opinion, it can't be Sam or uh, Scary. Hmm. And I think the other three wouldn't kick the other three. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, isn't that kind of like, isn't this a good opportunity then for like the, you know, Scary began joined at the beginning of this year. Sam joined very recently. Like, shouldn't that perspective be able to be valuable here and be like, "Hey guys, we uh, something needs to happen here." And uh, I know you don't want to, uh, but uh, this is like, if we want to win, this is what has to happen. I mean, that, that's that's how all roster changes happen, right? As that no one is like, "Nice, I get to make my friend sad." Like, no no one's about that. But at the end of the day, it's you know. <laughs> you want to win. Um, and it, mm-hmm. it feels like it's pretty clearly time to, to make a change. Oh yeah. No, I agree. I'm um, going to go false. I think they will make a change. That's my guess. Really? I have, I am being 100% honest. I have absolutely zero inside info. I have not heard anything. Yeah, uh, I, I have zero inside. Too, absolute zero. I mean, this is truly it. a Stephen A. Smith moment. Uh, or whatever, you know, Skip Bayless, whoever. St- sports talk, hot take zone. Um, they're gonna. That's my guess. They're, I think they make a change. That's my. That's my guess. But who knows? We shall uh, see. We had, we had talks like that on like SSG season six. Mm-hmm. Like, we it was basically like a come to realization meeting of like, okay, like we're not working what should we do player wise to make sure it worked and like one of those like we had those conversations pretty frequently and one of them just led to like basically like the sino joining um and i think i think one of those conversations would be beneficial for scarabs right now mm-hmm. and i mean i i hope i'm wrong because i think that roster that they have right now doesn't have the right personalities on it together 
because um, I think Scream was doing a lot for that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, I don't know comms, but I feel like they don't have like keys to victory in their players right now. Mm-hmm. And I think every team needs players that they can just win with. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, but I kind of feel like their team. With the five, I mean, those five players could go on other teams. I mean, we saw Sam with Dragons. Sure. I think Sam, like, looked insanely good on Dragons um, before this year. And I think that, scary, obviously, like, you have two-fifths of, like, a world champion squadron together. Like, I think Sam and Scary, like, Scary, in my opinion, plays well at, like, every world championship. Yep. And I think Sam plays... I mean, up to the same par. And it's just so weird that this team isn't winning, mm-hmm. you know? And I I, th- I, think they should make a change, but I think that they won't. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, people in chat are bringing up pretty good points. You know, it's always, you can make, you can want to make a change, but, you know, who would you take? Um, mm-hmm. Is that a good use of our time necessarily? Like it, you know, assuming that the two newest members of the team um, would stay and Scary D and Sam for each one, maybe I guess we could say who we think is the best non SPL ADC support and mid um, that could be good fits. I'm literally going through the SCC teams right now to, to see who I think might be good fits there do any any names immediately come to mind for you barry let's start with uh let's start with adcs we're really cranking it up to 11 as i said so we're we're here and we're committed so let's do it um scc adcs you know uh, we also don't know who's willing to move um and things like that uh hashtag willing to move um that was a weird that was a weird bit back in the day wasn't it Whenever SCC or whenever SPL was first going in person, remember every player was tweeting like hashtag willing to move. Yeah, I think that was a funny bit. To be fair. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was just like it, it, I realized how insular that joke was. Um, yeah, well, I don't think Stu will be replaced. Um, I would be surprised if it were Stu for sure. I would be surprised. Yeah. I think it is pretty clearly uh, Bobby and Baronic who have had the the toughest stretches. Um, mm-hmm. Over the last two years in particular. Um, but, you know, I guess we can I guess we can keep it to that. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think that it would be very surprising if, I mean, if Stu was the person to go. I mean, I think Ekrom and Coast are insane. Um, Agreed. But are but are I, either of them willing to, to move here, you know? Oh, yeah, no, I don't know about that. I thought we were right. talking about that. No, yeah, but you're, I know, that I should, I, I already said that. Yes, I think that, <laughs> I agree that those are the two best options, assuming that they would, uh, that they would come um but yeah uh like like we both said i, I would be very surprised if uh, if it were Stu. um support is a, is a little bit harder i think uh i go ahead i think support is a very hard role to come into spl with because very. i think the level of play for a support player at the spl level level is just like it it's crazy yeah 
How much better the top tier SPL supports are from like the mid tier SPL supports, like the low tier SPL supports to like SEC supports onwards and onwards. Like, I think there's such a big difference in all of that. And I honestly don't know the SEC supports that well to say who would come in. Yeah, I don't know very well this year. I've seen almost all these guys play, you know, historically, but maybe someone has made a big jump this year that that I have not seen. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do agree. Let me put it this way. I thought Gamma was the best non-SPL support by a country mile uh, last year, and he still struggled um, when the year Mm -hmm. began. He's obviously looking a lot better and, and, and all that kind of stuff, but... I don't think anyone is as good right now as Gamma was then. Um, and he still struggled. So that's why th- that swap in particular is particularly difficult. Um, you know, Hurry's playing support for uh, the Yomi Tanuki veteran, but, you know, role swap fairly recently, a team that um, didn't make it to land. So that's obviously a, a pretty big deal. I think the name that, it stands out to me the most. It's probably Calvin from EU. Um, yeah, he's really good. He's on Adapting's team. That guy is really good. He really impressed me last year. And if he continued to improve this year, um, I, I would be very interested in Calvin. I thought that that he did a lot of things very, very well um, mm-hmm. for that team. You know, Quig is the number one NA support. I think he's played Our- okay, but... Uh, the reality is is that uh, he hasn't been very consistent, I don't think. I think that he has had some really, really rough games and some really, really hard carry games. And also, you know, that's a name that has been around the scene for a long time and has not always uh, represented himself in the best way. And I think that does matter. Um, so I, I, I would be surprised if, if they went with someone like Quick. Yeah, I don't know if Eldritch Hounds are the kind of team that are just, like, sticking together. Mm-hmm. And, because I know, well, I thought Oath was, uh, like, talking about Jung for SPL, but he wanted to, like, stay in SEC for another year or something, or... That was the talk the at the team. beginning of the year, I believe. Okay. I mean, Hounds have looked, like, pretty good. I think that they're probably, obviously, pretty disappointed with how they played in the summer, um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, they lost two out of the Valkyries. Uh, they were the Hounds were the team that beat the Scarabs, I do believe, um, in Spring Masters, if my memory serves properly. But I'm old. Yep, they were cool. Nice. Not not too old to remember that. Um. <laughs> yeah, none of the other supports really uh, tickling tickling my fancy a whole lot there. And then um, and then finally mid laners. I mean, we were just talking about the Elder Towns, Krim. Um, is is has always been a very very good mid laner uh, and does you know used to be on a team with inbound and Baronic. Um so definitely has uh, a, a line there if you will. Um, I think Krim is certainly ready for an SPL opportunity. Um, zeros, I don't know if or angry. Uh, obviously. Uh, the two best EU mid laners. Um, I don't know what angry situation is. Uh, Zeros. I don't know if he'd be willing to move and, and come again. And he's 
you know, his own... Zeros is a team-warping type of player, which maybe the Scarabs could use right now, you know? Uh, you're going to... You're going to play Zeros a style one way or the other, and Scream was very much the same way, and they're kind of lacking that, so maybe that's the right type of direction for them. Um, and then Moswall. Zeros and Sam getting along. Yeah, that does not seem like a great combination to me, but, you know, winning is winning. Um, <laughs> that's uh, that's the, usually the way it goes. Um, and then Moswall uh, for uh, for the Wardens, um, you know, SPL, you know, champion, absolute beast, pretty unique god pool which isn't always a uh, a strength but um mm. certainly is proven to do at that level and then joshi as well i think joshi is really it, i've always been pretty high on joshi i think he's a really good player um he would be the most surprising i think of any of those but uh i don't think it would be a total psycho move to to try mm. joshi would be my would be my thought yeah, I think I'd be happiest with Moswall and Angry. I mean, unfortunately, Angry. Someone in chat said uh, he can't move, unfortunately. But mm. I mean, every time I've seen Angry, I think he has impressed me literally every single time. That guy is really um, good, for sure. And then obviously, Moswell and Krim as well. Um, but I think Moswell needs a particular front line to work with. And I don't know if he would be given the adequate resources to play his gods on Scarabs. Mm-hmm. Because um, I kind of feel like they might just get, like, run over in mid. Mm-hmm. Or not, like, not not due to Moswell's picks, but I think he needs, like, certain room being made so he can just do his big mage abilities and just kill everyone. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they have that current style, but I don't know if Moswell would be loud enough to tell them to play play my style be with me like protect me peel me and i can kill everyone mm-hmm. um yeah i'm not sure what their other options are those are definitely the top three for me yeah i know i think that those are all pretty pretty strong options for sure um all right well we're a little a little over time as we usually go on episodes where we're in moods um but do want to get a quick prediction uh in for the second week of smite masters uh barra let's assume for this if if it isn't the olympus bolts who win smite masters uh or we could do it either as assuming that it isn't you or who will you play well i guess that takes bracken into account assuming it isn't you who do you think is going to win uh the event if it's not us i think it's dragons or kings yeah, I I would go with dragons. Um, you know, I it's think, just honeymoon period strong. You know. Yeah, I think dragons are the kind of players that honeymoon so hard, mm-hmm. and kings have been looking insanely good all year. And I think that kings strat wise have dragons beat, but dragons dragons are kind of bringing it back to a mechanical game, in my opinion mm-hmm. of just putting people in good matchups and lanes and just kind of allowing them to play. And I think that that's a good thing for how mechanically skilled their team is. And I think that they've been playing really well together as well. And I think Scream has been facilitating a lot of plays for that team. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of, in my opinion, reinvigorated PBM a bit because he was kind of 
not like falling flat, but I just don't think he was playing his normal style anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think with Scream on the team, he's been looking way better. And but that being said, I still think Kings have the upper hand strat wise, but we'll see on the day uh, which team wins. Man, I, I'm really excited to watch this weekend. Uh, I think there are a ton of storylines that I'm interested in following. You know, the the Oni Warriors have, have really, at the end of the phase, they kind of went into like a free fall uh, from how good they looked um, that we didn't get a chance to talk about. Uh, the Leviathans have continued to look very unimpressive um, in my estimation. Yeah, I think Ronnie had a pretty bad performance this past... Uh, which... This past week, which Ronnie, I don't think, ever has bad performances, which was kind of weird to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think that team, like, as a whole, were kind of playing wonky and a bit, I don't know, they were just playing, playing a bit off, which, like I said, I don't think Ronnie has ever had, like, a bad performance. Yeah, I, I and, thought that he was the be- the best support in the SPL by a good amount last year. Um, I think that he has been not even in the top half uh this season so far which is which is really surprising um mm-hmm. yeah i mean uh, I, we do have to wrap but like in general uh the leviathans we can't i said coming in were the team most likely to repeat of any world champion ever uh based on the their dominance at the world championships and then how few roster changes were made coming into this year uh and they have just not looked it at all um, which is kind of funny because they've had our number in the summer split more than like any other team has. Yeah. <laughs> I think they forrowed us in summer split and then like against other teams, they would just fall flat. And then against us, they would have like these like crazy strats that would farm us. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be fun, man. I'm really excited to watch this weekend. Uh, make sure you guys are tuning in. Um, and of course we do have our random question of the week. Uh, Last week, I did get a message from our, our friend uh, Neon Kerm on Twitter, uh, but we didn't have a show last week, so I'm doing it this week. Uh, Neon Kerm just turned 21. Uh, this is now two weeks ago. So for a random question of the week, they were wondering what our f- go-to alcoholic drink is. Um, what's the occasion? That is a really good question. Because they do differ. Give me some different yeah. situations. Like, or I guess I can give you different situations to make it easier for you. Um, you are at home and you just feel like you want, you could just, it would be nice to have a drink, you know, a nice, a, a casual drink uh, with, di- you know, after dinner or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. What What are you going for? Um, it would probably just be like a light, again, not a drinker at all. Yeah. Um, Normal. It would probably be like a flavored, like vodka with like a soda or something okay not something to like get me drunk at all but just something that tastes good and feels good mm-hmm. and i'm not like a fancy like whiskey drinker or anything like that do you want to like, start when... i kind of want to start trying to be like a scotch guy or something like that like wouldn't no, that doesn't I... that make you feel classy i'm just i mean it does but i'm just not that guy and you aren't that guy yet no, I don't think I could ever be that guy. Like, Surely I just don't like alcohol could. at all. We could become that guy, you know, if we wanted to be. No. I think I, I, gen- I genuinely could not be that guy. 
I believe in you, Barry, more than you believe in yourself. Okay, let's say you're going. You're at. You're at a. You're at a. You're at a, a, a party. Um, not at someone's Shop. house, but at like a, a bar. Um, what are you going to there? Yeah, it's like a whiskey shot. A whiskey shot. Any, well, you need something. You it, need something to like sip on, right? No, I just need shots. What? Yep. If, if it's what do you do with your hands? That's the whole point of a drink at a party, Barry, is to ha- hold, have something to hold so you can, like, drink. You know, like, you know, you don't have to, if you don't have anything to say in a conversation, you can just take a little sip and it's, like, good, you know? That's, like, the whole point. Yeah, I, I think I skip all of that uh-huh. and just get drunk. I wish, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to, oh, I don't want to blow you up here. Uh Barry is normally pretty efficient at the after parties in my uh, in my r- r- recollection. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Um, okay, my at home uh, relaxation drink is definitely a uh, wine. Uh, I love wine. Um, not a big fan of white wines. Most you know red wines. Um, not super sweet, though my uncle makes, uh, like, award-winning fruit wine, and it's absolutely uh, awesome. Um, Sounds delicious. Yeah, highly recommend. Uh, and how... Yeah, we'll just send it. Whatever. Uh, uh, you can um, get it online, and he does ship. Uh, of course, you do have to be over 21, um, mm-hmm. but... Uh, it is yeah i can just i'll just toss it out there um Wait, real quick yeah. before you do that yeah. chat what are whiskey can you type whiskey drinks in chat okay you can continue whiskey drink drinks yeah like a mixer with whiskey like is it coke you know that's that's the big one like you're, well, you're putting it's got whiskey like a soda. name i think and i'm too hungry to think of it i'm scrolling through whiskey drinks right now and i don't see it so you can continue Okay, yeah, no, I, now I was lost thinking of it. I don't, I don't really know. Um, it's mazatawinery.com. M-A-Z-Z-O-T-T-A winery.com. Um, his, his wine's fantastic. And you can order it for delivery in the United States, continental. Uh, actually, maybe not every state, but, you know, who knows? You can find out if you're interested. Um, so I drink a lot of, uh, not a lot, but I'll have wine. Um and occasionally you just feel like a beer. But I will say that I never want to drink beer with food. I don't understand people who are like, I need wings and a beer. Or like pizza and beer. Like, I want to drink beer, stop drinking the beer. Eat pizza, stop <laughs> eating the pizza, begin to drink beer again. Um, that's yeah. that's just like... I. Now, I love having like a Dr. Pepper with pizza or something like that. Um, but not, not about it. Uh, otherwise um not with food not for yeah me. beer is terrible i'm sorry I, I just yeah i don't beer. like ipas you know I, I like very simple you know i'm not saying like coors light and that kind of stuff but you know mm-hmm. give me a, a blue moon um a yingling for other northeasterners um and i'm happy i, I really don't need anything else uh, though i will say the best summer beer by far line and kugel summer shandy it's like beer and lemonade uh it is the most refreshing thing in the world um when you want to drink it's actually not that refreshing but for beer it is the most refreshing um when i'm going to a party and i want to have something that isn't like just beer uh or wine 
screwdriver is definitely my main drink of choice. Uh, that is simply orange juice and vodka. Um, it's just clean and simple. It's not a, it's not a drinker's drink, but it is, uh, orange juice is delicious and it makes it all go down easier. And I don't feel like I'm just getting absolutely turbo annihilated, uh, which is something I try to avoid, but, um, it's like a, it's like a good, it's just a good drink. Screwdriver is my answer. Um, I kind of want a screwdriver now. I have orange juice. I'm going to make myself a screwdriver after this because I haven't had one in a while, you know? That sounds good. Thanks, uh, Neon Kerm, for, for the question. Again, you guys can message me on Twitter at aggro. Uh, I will not necessarily respond right away or maybe even ever, but I do read them and I will uh, I will ask the ones that I find interesting. So that does it for this week's episode. Again, thanks to Mint Mobile. Uh, mintmobile.com slash backliners to get premium wireless service for just 15 bucks a month and factor and you can go to go.factor75.com slash backliners 130 to get 130 dollars off your order from factor uh big thanks to both of our sponsors and again best way to support the podcast and of course support yourself um is to is to hook us up there so barry good luck this weekend at uh at smite masters i'm going to be watching with bated breath my breath, my breath is going to be baited um, by how are, intensely I'm watching. Is Friday four sets? Is it just all best of threes? Um, yeah, probably. I ask, I ask you this like you're a caster still. I don't know why. Yeah, I would know if I were a caster. Um, I'm not. Uh, and I don't. Uh, I think it was a Long Island iced tea, but the way... I Long Island, I did, I don't, I'm not a fan of Long Islands. It's too... I don't like mixed drinks. Like, I don't like Jack and Coke or anything like that. I'd much rather have the the Jack as a shot and then chase it with a little bit of Coke and be done with it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like sipping on that. That's why Screwdriver works well, because the orange juice, like, masks all the flavor. Yeah, I just chug it. As long as you're being responsible and knowing your limits, yeah. then that is, you know, we gotta, we're, there, we gotta be, we gotta present in a certain way for the, for the, for the listeners, you know, Baron. Yeah. When I drink, it's trying to get from point A to point B as quickly <laughs> as possible. <laughs> and, and not going any further than point B and pressing the brakes at point B. Yeah. Well, if I can find the brakes once I get to point B, <laughs> I, I'll press them. <laughs> I feel that. Uh, All right. Good luck this weekend. Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching all that kind of stuff. We'll see you next week. Barra, you know what to do. Bye. Oh, that is good. That was your best in weeks, I think, Barra. Really? Yeah, that was really good. I've got a good feeling about this weekend for you now. I was rubbing Luna's butt while saying that. Okay. Well, now you know what to do right before you go into the studio this weekend. Oh, you're so cute, Looney.